5: Coast to coast this is betting across america on v the sports betting network
1: oh it's a great day to be alive and it's a great day to be a better welcome inside the Vsin studios here at the south Point hotel and casino it is betting across america femi and bebe fe alongside Mall shaw we are presented by bet mgm and Amal, you were on Lombardi line in the last segment there last hour, and you are absolutely fired up. So before I even intro the show here, Amal, just – just welfare check. How are we doing today I, on this Saturday? Listen, you don't
2: ever have to worry about me. I'm always doing great. That's that's a straight – I mean, every day I'm great. But I'm fine. I'm just fired up because I, I realize we got to do 180 minutes. This is like doing game day when you got Army-Navy. What the hell do you talk about for three hours?
1: I was, I was going to say that the, the bosses let us sleep in a little bit now. The new scheduling is until the end of the NFL season, we'll be doing betting across America from 9 to noon at Pacific time, noon to 3 Eastern. So you got to be happy about that at least tomorrow.
2: No, I got up at 3.30 this morning. So I'm, I'm not necessarily that happy about it. I was ready to go. I was actually going to come in, uh, you know, for the 0500 figured I can get those two hours out of the way. But then I realized this is something you can't like plan ahead, get your work done. You got to actually show up when you're required to. So yeah, no, well, we're glad that you showed up here, but I'm glad that you showed it up. It was debatable, by the way, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. There was a strong possibility there was going to be an accident on Interstate 15. <laughs> hey, I'd have called BS on that because I drove on that Interstate. So yeah, but I'd I come know. in after you, so you That's, can't see retroactively where fair it enough. is. Fair enough,
1: fair enough, Fair enough. indeed. Coming up on the show, we got a great show. A lot of energy here to get you guys through the afternoon as we try to find some value on the betting card. Evan Klosky of WTSP in Tampa, Florida, talking all things Bills Bucks at 930. Andrew DeWitt the sports betting editor of The Athletic, to chat with us about Army-Navy. That comes up at 10.45. That game kicks off at noon Pacific time. Dave Ross, our v host and the host of the First Strike podcast, he's going to discuss a stacked UFC 269 card at 11.45. Plus, we're going to break down college basketball, NBA betting card, early look at the college football New Year's Six Bowl games, including the playoff. But first, we try to find some value. Week 14 in the National Football League. As always, tweet at the show, at v Live. Adam Shaw one. As you can tell, he is fired up, ready to hear your feedback and questions for the day. And of course, at Femi Abebafe Mall, I want to start in the AFC North for Week 14 in the National Football League. Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland coming off of the bye, and they are now three-point favorites with a total of 42 and a half in this AFC North clash. Of mall, what stands out to you? I and mean, we have the scheduling quirk of the Ravens off the or the Browns off the bye, rather, with the Ravens having to play last week. But what stands out to you in this game?
2: Well, listen, there's a revenge opportunity for the Browns here. They came off that long against the Ravens a couple of weeks ago in the Sunday night game Uh, but the Ravens are decimated with injuries at this point in time the biggest thing I would point to is simply that when you look at this Baltimore team they had four turnovers in that game by Lamar Jackson four INT's opportunity to rebound here normally speaking this would be a play for me on the Browns automatically revenge spot coming off of a bye but I'm not completely convinced that this Browns team is good enough at this point in time
1: despite the injuries for the Ravens to be able to really run roughshod over Baltimore yeah it's interesting you mentioned the four turnovers it's like they had four turnovers and And they still couldn't cover that game against the the Baltimore Ravens. That Sunday night, I was on Browns plus four and a half that day to close three. I thought I was in good and uh, I was in bad at the end of that game with the field goal with Justin Tucker in that matchup. But interesting, how much do you factor in the rest for Cleveland? They've clearly been preparing for Baltimore for three straight weeks now. And obviously the Ravens we saw last Sunday with an emotional, physical game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game is always probably the most exhausting for them on the schedule. How much do you factor that into your handicap?
2: Well, you know, I think it's. It's a key component of it. But look, at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson's one of these guys you can run every scout team and every play for. You just can't necessarily duplicate what it is that he does that's what the difference is I don't know if you're going to get the type of turnover form actually I don't believe that it will happen the same way it did in a week uh, two weeks ago excuse me against the Ravens in that game where they got the four turnovers so it's going to be a challenge for the Browns going to need to complete drives Uh, this is going to be a tough game remember Baltimore coming off that loss against Pittsburgh so not necessarily the smoothest transition in here from a Ravens perspective
1: yeah, that's going to be an interesting game there. Obviously, if the Cleveland Browns can win it, they can get back into the AFC North race here. If Baltimore wins it, you can pretty much kiss Cleveland's uh, division title hopes goodbye, and maybe their playoff hopes goodbye as well. In the NFC East, I love that we're getting these divisional games late in the season here, Amal. We get a lot of games that are meaningful to the division standings, obviously to the conference standings as we approach the playoffs at the end of the month here. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the Washington football team. Now, this line has been hovering between four and five. we We're seeing four and a half, the board total sitting at 48. Are you riding this Washington football team train? They've been covering and winning four straight games. Now they enter their biggest rivals to town in the nation's capital. They
2: have. But, you know, the one thing I'd point out is look at the teams Washington has beaten during that stretch. Outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you look at everybody else, and you don't sit there and get overwhelmed by the strength of schedule. But I think with Dallas right now, I still have some question marks. The offense has been a little bit inconsistent. I know they put up points against the Raiders. But when you look at Washington, I think they've got an opportunity here as a home live dog. I think they've got a great chance to be able to win this game outright. really going to come down to Taylor Heineke. If he can prevent himself from turning the football over, and then can they run the ball a little bit? If they can do that effectively, I think they'll be balanced enough to be able to knock off Dallas. The defense has started to play appreciably better for Washington, and that was a big question mark. When you look at the first seven, eight weeks of the season, they really struggled. Now they're starting to get things turned around. Uh, but remember, no Montez sweating this one for the Washington football team. That'll be a bit of a challenge. They're already without Chase Young, who's out with a torn ACL. So Dak Prescott and company with an opportunity to really kind of solidify the division if they can win this game today, or excuse me, tomorrow. Uh, But if not, they're really going to have some company on their heels for the rest of the season.
1: And it's interesting. We're going to talk NFL futures coming up in the next hour. But if Washington is able to win this game, they are right back into the NFC East picture here. I believe plus seven hundred was the last I saw for the Washington football team to win the NFC East. This was unfathomable a month ago. We all thought Dallas was going to cruise to the division title, but now here they are. Washington has two games of the next four weeks that. If they, if they sweep Dallas, they'll likely be in the driver's seat of the division.
2: Absolutely. Get that head-to-head tiebreaker having win, uh, won two of those games. So that'll be crucial. Uh, look, I think they've got a great chance to win this game. And if you are Washington, you got to win the game at home. But it's going to be tough when you go back to the rebound, uh, the rematch in Jerry World. This is a team, though, I think is starting to play their best football at the right time. You look at the Miami Dolphins doing something similar, playing extremely well. The New England Patriots, Kansas City Chiefs. You want to be playing your best football as you get into December. So, good opportunity for those teams I just
1: mentioned. Now, this is the game I typically wouldn't bring up in the A block, to use a TV and radio term here. But Jacksonville taking on the Tennessee Titans. The Titans right now, eight and a half point favorites, total 43 and a half. But from the Jacksonville perspective, I don't know if you saw this, the report from Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, talking about the building for this Jacksonville Jaguars team amongst Urban Meyer and his staff. And there's a snippet I want to read to you from the article from Tom Palacero. It says, quote, during a staff meeting, Meyer delivered a biting message that he's a winner and his assistant coaches are losers, according to several people informed of the contents of the meeting, challenging each coach individually to explain when they've ever won and forcing them to defend their resumes. I mean... This is just off the rails in Jacksonville, Mall. It is, but you know what the response should have, should have been? I resign effective immediately.
2: I'm a winner. See you later, loser. <laughs> That's exactly what the response should have been to Urban. You can't sit there and talk to people that way. Look, I get he's had tremendous success at the collegiate level, but when you look at him, he's the Richie Cotite of the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, he's been horrendous. This team has been terrible, and... I don't know if he's trying to kind of orchestrate his own ouster from Jacksonville, but that is definitely leading it like you know, it. leading or laying the foundation for it. Two wins in 12 games so far for the Jaguars this year. I expect them to come up short in this one. The one difference, and I think this is crucial when you look at college football in the NFL, college football is a dictatorship. The NFL is basically kind of a vote by the people. Mm -hmm. And when I say the people, meaning the players and the assistant coaches along the way, Urban Meyer is doing himself no favors. It's unbelievable for him to make a comment or to assert something like that towards his assistant coaches. Uh, If you're Shad Khan, you you better blow this program up. I don't understand why they have so much difficulty. I think Jacksonville is an easy selling point for a market. You know, you play in a a state where you have no state income tax for half half your games, and then on top of it, You've got an opportunity to be successful because you're in a division that has been usually inconsistent or a team that's down. Houston's been down, uh, obviously, as we know. Tennessee and Indianapolis are not runaway favorites. This should be a program that is far
1: better than they are. Why do you think it hasn't worked for Urban? Is it just because he doesn't have complete control out there in Jacksonville? Or is there anything else that you think that's standing out to you that why he hasn't had success at the NFL level? Because in college, you get to pick the players that play for you. In the NFL, you get one pick every 32,
2: and everybody else gets an opportunity. You're stuck with the roster that you presently have. One of the most important things when you take any job, whether it be collegiate or NFL, you've got to look at the situation around you. It's not necessarily just about the program. Can you recruit to that place if it's in college? What's the athletic director like? What is the support staff, the fan base? You know, one of the problems with Ohio State as a fan base is they're overzealous you know Ryan Day could win 70 straight games as soon as he loses 71 he's an idiot he should be fired yeah. and, and that, that's the problem in college in the NFL what type of owner do you have do you have someone who meddles a lot do you allow do they allow you a lot of autonomy to run your program the way you want to do it how do you get along with the general manager what is your draft status what is the ability to bring in free agents there's so many factors involved how good are your offensive defensive lines to me if you're looking at a position first thing you want to look at is the trenches do we have offensive lines and that I can build around. Because you can bring in every Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, but if you don't have somebody that can protect them, it makes no difference.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, it's a thing that I think he didn't really understand or fully grasp before he took that job there for the Jacksonville Jaguars and he's learning the hard way on the fly and doesn't seem like it's going too well. Maybe this is the last month for him on the job as the Jags head coach. Moving to the AFC West and all we got a couple minutes left in this segment. Want to touch on this game. Raiders taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs 10 point favorites total of 48. We saw the last time these teams played here in Las Vegas, the Chiefs announced themselves as back on the AFC contenders list here as they blow the Raiders out here. What do you think happens in this rematch tomorrow afternoon in KC?
2: I think there's a good effort out of the Raiders. This is their season. They're sitting at 6-6, six and six, five games remaining. If they're going to make a postseason push, it has got to be this game that they win. Won't be easy at Arrowhead. Division opponent on the road to a revenge spot. Remember, I think they lost the first time around 41-14 yep. uh, here in Las Vegas at Allegiant. So if you are the Raiders, with all the turmoil that you've had this year, John Gruden getting fired, the Henry Rugg situation, him getting released, It's not been easy. No Darren Waller in the lineup. It's going to be a challenge for this uh, Oakland team, but let's see if they're up to the task. They're going to have to control the clock, run the football effectively, and then get off the field on third down. If they do that, that gives them a recipe to be potentially successful. I don't know if they can do those things though. I think it's going to be a challenge.
1: Yeah. Everyone's talking about schematically from the defensive side of the ball, Gus Bradley not really adjusting from what he typically does, didn't really play the too high shell coverage that has been the bugaboo for the Kansas City Chiefs offense all throughout the season. Well, today we only got one college football game between Army and Navy, but in a few weeks, it's the games that everyone will have their eyes on. The college football playoff, we give our early thoughts. Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, we're rolling along here. Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. It is and the sports betting network.
3: From BBC Radio 4,
1: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe will win a one-on-one
3: contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top
1: not of it, like that. See that,
0: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, point game. I remember mean, you came
1: out from crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock, he's going to withdrawals about winning.
3: Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't it. Ain't <laughs>
0: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen
2: when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new
4: podcast called Impromptu.
2: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
0: This is Betting Across America
5: on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Sign up for a PlayCard, debit MasterCard, and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification terms and costs apply. A card issued by MetaBank NA member, FDIC. Betting Across America rolling along here presented by BetMGM. Coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino family of Bebefe Amal shot. We have Evan Klosky of WTSP in Tampa, Florida coming up in 15 minutes to talk all things Bills, Bucks. But first, let's look at college football, Amal. We're going to talk a little college football playoff. But first, I want to get your initial thoughts on the game of the day. The only game that we have on the college football card between Army and Navy. Army, seven-point favorites, total 35 all the discussion all all week long is, of course, about the under. It's hit 15 years in a row. But what are your thoughts as whether it be the total or the side in this rivalry game?
2: Yeah, no play on the side here. This Navy team has been a little bit inconsistent all year long for me. Three and eight coming into this matchup, but I do like our, uh, the under in this game. I know it's 35. You know, when you look at it, you've got a little bit of weather conditions with the wind here. Neither team's going to throw the ball. Uh, I think it's really, you know, with tremendous familiarity, right? When you look at it, Air Force runs a similar triple option to both of these teams, but not quite the same. They throw the ball more than either of these teams. This is going to be a terrific game. Last year, I think the score was 15 nothing with these two. Uh, for me, I think we'll see something similar. You just need one of those long, sustained drives where a team ends up kicking uh, a field a goal, field attempt, goal. misses it, neither team's strong in the field, uh, special teams, or if they have a turnover on downs, you're in great shape. Now, the one thing that can beat you on easily on an under like this where it's so low is if you give up one big play or if you have a turnover inside your own red zone, that could be a real problem. So we'll see how this plays out. But I didn't go you know, big on this play. I just thought it was a play where you go kind of smaller, at least from my perspective. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think it's going to be tight it's going to be defensive we'll see how it plays out
1: yeah army has won four of the last five in this series and we saw the betting market obviously lean towards the under as it opened at 37 now it's sitting at 35 they also took the dog in this game as it was opening at eight now it is down to seven if you had to play the side would you play the dog with the total so low or or do you think that army can cover this game even though it's it's not many points expected. You know,
2: honestly, Femi, I, I don't know because I didn't look at it from that perspective. I felt like this is one of those games. You'd probably take the underdog just because it's seven, but I don't say that mm-hmm. with any kind of confidence. I mean, you can make an argument either way. If somebody said they like army and they give reason X or Y, I, I got no qualms with that.
1: Yeah. We're speaking with Andrew DeWitt, the sports betting editor of the athletic at 10:45 to talk all things. Army Navy will get his thoughts. They're going to charge us to speak with him. <laughs> no No okay. subscription for that one. I'm okay. <laughs> hey man, people got to get paid, buddy. Get, Relax. I'm
2: not saying you're not, but when you can get free sports information around the whole globe, I mean, you know, what, so I can read an article, you got a little insight, you got a quote? Let me tell you something. You know how many times uh-oh. people hey, make a quote? You know what I love about these unnamed sources? Who who are these sources? Can you tell
1: us for once? You can make it up. Nobody's calling out these guys. Hey, let's double confirm. Make sure we have Andrew Dewitt. Hopefully he's not listening right now. Maybe sure he's going to come on. He'll be 10:45. okay. You know what? I, I respect. <laughs> I'd respect
2: him more if he manned up and came on there and he
1: challenged that. I'd say fine, fair enough. Moving along to the college football playoff, Amal. I know you got some thoughts on these games: the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl. And last week on Point Spread Saturday, we played around with some potential scenarios, and Amal actually handicapped and gave out a line for the now Orange Bowl between Georgia and Michigan. Take a listen. But Michigan taking on Georgia. What do you think the line would be in that game?
2: I, I think Georgia's probably about a 6-7 uh, six, six, point favorite. I, I think it's going to be something similar to what we saw against Ohio State. Remember, that was a home game for Michigan, so I think Georgia's going to be a fairly prohibitive favorite in that matchup as well. So 6 or 7 points between
1: Georgia and probably, Michigan. Yeah. There you have it. Six or seven is what Amal guessed as the Georgia Bulldogs would be the favorites. Well, the line sits at seven and a half total, 44 and a half. It opened eight, mall. I don't know. Did you grab that Michigan plus eight at opener there? Because you thought it would hover just a little bit less than a touchdown between these two teams. I did. You know, I, I
2: didn't, though, because the one thing is you look at Michigan. They've been dominant this year. I think if they had won that game against Michigan State, they're perceived differently. Uh, they dominated the trenches against Ohio State. That was the key to their victory. But I think against Georgia, it's going to be a little bit more challenging for their offensive line to be able to dominate the Georgia defense. I still think that when you look at Georgia's body of work over 12 weeks and how dominant they were, it's being forgotten by the fact that you've got a generational player who's about to win the Heisman Trophy and Bryce Young, who's the one who picked him apart. Jameson Williams, I know he was ticked off. He, sh- he thought he should have won the Bolitnikoff. I disagree with him winning the Bolitnikov. I thought Addison should have won it. I thought it was a correct call on that. Mm-hmm. However, um, You know, it's no shame in losing two elite players that Alabama has. You know, when you consider Evan Neal, Bryce Young, and Jamison Williams, all three guys, not in this draft alone, but in the 2023 draft included with Bryce Young, you're going to have all first-round picks. This Georgia team is still elite. Make no mistake about it. It's just that if you're going to beat Alabama, you need a first-round, second-round quarterback to be able to do it. You're not going to do it with a future accountant. It's just the bottom line. Poor Stetson. That's poor Stetson. Right How about poor Georgia? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this. I was ticked off at of Mike Palm yesterday because I told him to bring up the Georgia-Michigan game because I said they sold out. You know why they sold out? Because Michigan's won half a national title in the last 70 years. Georgia's won zero national titles in the last 40 years. Think about
1: it. 110 seasons combined between these two teams and one national title. Well, one of them's going to play for a national title. Doesn't up mean either of them are going to win it. Yeah, no, that doesn't mean either one will win it. Uh, that's definitely for sure. Michigan, I want to say this year, 11-2 and two against the spread here. And we've talked all throughout the season on Point Spread Saturday about how this Michigan team was getting overlooked. Nobody was really talking about them because it was kind of a wait-and-see approach, especially as it pertains to the game against Ohio State. Now that they've gotten here, Mall. Is this a team that you think could possibly beat Georgia outright and maybe give Alabama a heck of a game if it is Alabama who they would see in the national title?
2: Yeah, and if you think about it, they win out it's a heck of a run right you beat Ohio State who had one loss coming in mm-hmm. you would have beaten a one-loss Georgia you'd have beaten a one-loss Alabama and it's not just that these teams have one loss these are very good to elite football teams that they would have beaten and of course Iowa came into that matchup in the uh, Big Ten Championship game with just two losses so they've really done a tremendous job in terms of what the potentially could accomplish with what lies in front of them
1: the Wolverines right now at BetMGM plus MGM plus 750 to win the national title do you think there's any value in that if you think that they can pull off the upset or maybe just play the money line against Georgia? Well, you know, they're plus 250, but look, if you plus get, 750.
2: No, 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 I'm saying oh. against Georgia. Oh, against the money Georgia, line. Yeah. sorry, yep. Uh, if you get past Georgia, which I think is a very manageable game, this is a good matchup for them because the Georgia offense is not necessarily going to overwhelm you. They've got a terrific running game, but I thought the game uh, got a little bit out of hand for Georgia uh, from an offensive standpoint in the third quarter early on. Even though still down only 14 with about 13 minutes and change, I thought they could have stayed with the running game a little bit longer. Uh, They've got a great opportunity here. I I don't think you should discount Michigan at all. Look, I think Cincinnati, I know nobody's going to sit there and say they're going to win it, but I think Cincinnati's a dangerous team. Remember, they played Georgia last year. I thought there was a little bit of clock mismanagement late in that game Mm -hmm. against the dogs they had an opportunity when you look at sanders on that front seven he's going to be probably a first 45 first 60 pick gardner in the back four he's going to be a first round potential top 45 draft pick at the db position they've got some guys back there they could make some plays fickle has been here in the sense that he came from a big time program at ohio state understands some of the pressures that exist in this situation so i think this team will be fine when you look at it from a quarterback standpoint mcnamara's played tremendous but i would actually
1: make the argument Desmond Ritter is the second-best quarterback out of the four teams in the postseason. Uh, I mean, he's certainly one of the most experienced Ritter there Absolutely. at Cincinnati. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, all they do is win games. Everyone's been waiting for the shoe to drop, and maybe if they fall or, or trip up, and here they are, first group of five team in the playoff. So let's turn our attention to that game. Cincinnati, 13-point underdogs against Alabama, total at 58 here at Ball. You think the Bearcats can hang in this game, huh? I think they're going to be able to score some points because the
2: one thing that's been obvious all year long with Alabama, their defense isn't as good as it's been in years past. You know, we saw Georgia move the football on them. It wasn't like Georgia got beat You know, 41-10 to 10, based on what the narrative has been post-game. It was just the fact that Bryce Young played like a Heisman Trophy winner. Jamison Williams played like a first-round draft pick. That was the one difference in that matchup, and I think that Alabama was going to do for a breakout game. If you look at the several weeks prior to that, they were a bit pedestrian. Desmond Ritter's danger The one thing that's always been an Achilles heel, and I've always said this, you want to beat a Nick Saban team. Have a quarterback who's got mobility, who can pick up third down and five with his legs. Ritter can do that. He's big. He's strong. He's not afraid to put his head in there. It'll be a challenge. Look, Batman probably wins this game. But if Cincinnati won the game, I don't think this is like, oh, my God, can you believe Cincinnati beat Alabama? That'll be the narrative, though. Yeah, well, you know what? Most people also sit there and tell you Alabama's going to go 12-0 every year. And according to them, Nick Saban's never lost a game. So and those people probably work for the four-letter network. But the point being is, is is that, to me, that's very simplistic. If that's the case, then everyone should be bet Alabama to win the national title every year. Look, Bama's probably going to win in terms of this game and potentially against Georgia and Michigan. But... I don't think you should discount Cincinnati. I think they've got some athletes they've recruited fairly well. It's not
1: like they're coming in there with just a bunch of nobodies. I don't want to discount Cincinnati, but looking at the odds, obviously Alabama's favored to win by a considerable margin. Would you play, real quickly here, Bama plus 120 to win the Natty, given that they're likely to be a short favorite against Georgia in the national title if they play them, and then probably be a touchdown favorite against Michigan if they play the Wolverines? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a
2: good bet. And then, you know, uh, this is a team – assuming they get past this game, they're going to be a favorite in the next game, but you like your chances, whether it's a rematch against Georgia, even though it'll be tough to turn around and beat a team twice within about 34 days. So they have an opportunity there. But we'll see what happens in terms of that matchup. I think, though, that Georgia-Michigan game is going to be
1: a terrific game, potentially. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that game there. I have futures tickets on both those teams. So whoever comes out, best of luck in the national title game. On the other side, Evan Klosky of WTSP in Tampa, Florida, will join the show as we break down the game of the week in the National Football League. Bills taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is it a potential Super Bowl preview? We'll ask Evan. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM on v Sports Betting Network.
5: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: The VEASAN Bowl Betting Guide will be released Monday with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you are betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops Monday, so make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi FFA, Amal Shah coming to you from the Visa Studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. In 15 minutes, we'll continue our NFL discussion about a lot of the games across the board in week 14. But in this segment, we bring our first guest on the show to talk about the game this week between the Bills and the Buccaneers. He is Evan Klosky, the sports director at WTSP in Tampa, Florida. Evan, appreciate you joining us here on Betting across America, and I want to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, that's the team that you've covered down there in Florida. They're five to one to win the Super Bowl at Betmgm. In your opinion, is that justified, or is there something that might prevent this team from repeating as Super Bowl champs?
5: Yeah, I, I definitely understand why they're the odds-on favorite right now. I think maybe they're a little overvalued, but at the same point they are going to be peaking at the right time. So there, there might be a counter-argument to say that this might be a good time to get in on them, mostly because they are getting healthier. They are bringing back everybody from that Super Bowl winning team from last season. And you figure they would be the most experienced and, and understanding to, to make a deep run uh, to the Super Bowl once again. Now, having said that, I mean, we can talk about Tom Brady all we want and, and all the pieces around him, but winning back-to-back Super Bowls just very hard to do uh so yeah it's it's certainly something that's conflicted but i I definitely do understand why tampa bay is a a favorite and they certainly will be the team to beat once we do reach the playoffs i still like them a little bit more than maybe a team like the arizona cardinals i'm still i'm still not fully on that bandwagon yet
2: evan i want to apologize for the introduction by my co-host he didn't realize you went to school at the (laughs) Greatest school in the world, oh, I, the Ohio State University. I, I, I realized that I wanted to Barry's skip over that.
1: <laughs> I wanted uh, to skip over that. I don't know you guys are your Buckeye love fest going on. <laughs> listen, great, greatness finds greatness. That's why we've got Evan on the show.
2: That's just the bottom line. I can't help it. You wouldn't understand something, okay? As people, you know, Evan, having lived in Miami myself, and I had friends that went to the U, they'd be like, you wouldn't understand. It's a cane thing. Fine. I understand you guys are never going to win another national championship. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Let's get back to it because, uh, you know, Femi cheers for UW. He wasn't born the last time they won a national title. He might have been. I don't even remember. (laughs) I was one. Okay. But in all seriousness, you are a champion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You you are in championship town with with John Cooper and the uh, the Lightning have been doing. But this Tampa team, from your perspective, I thought last year they played perfectly well in the postseason. It was the front four that was the catalyst for them, particularly in the Super Bowl. They did get a couple of breaks along the way. The Jared Cook fumble against the Saints. Does this team, if they play their A game, in your opinion, and Green Bay or Arizona play their A game? Are they better to better than, equal to, or is it just going to come down to, at that point in time, things are level, and it's going to come down to a mistake or two if they match up with those two teams in particular in the playoffs?
5: Yeah, so again, for, for me personally, I, I do believe that at least if – the Buccaneers play their A game. I do have them above the Cardinals. Just just mostly because the Cardinals are going to be heading there, and I think it's going to be a totally new experience for everybody, including the to- coaching staff. That worries me a little bit. Uh, having said that, maybe against a team like the Packers, uh, a team that's also, you know, could be getting some help there uh, in the secondary soon. That's a squad where I, I believe it's going to come down to a player or two. I mean, we saw that battle last year in Green Bay and how tough that was and and how the Packers made a horrendous mistake to allow Scotty Miller to score that touchdown before halftime and and whatever the heck that coaching decision was at the end of that game to allow Brady to milk the clock because that is something you never want to do. That is the, the brilliance of, of Tom Brady really in those spots of he really limits his mistakes when it comes down to the postseason. So you really have to play an A plus game to send him home. So yeah, when it comes down to the Packers, I, I do kind of agree it's gonna just be one of those games where who plays better that day, who maybe uh, allow you know forces one mistake more than the other team, but I still I still have the Bucks better than the Cardinals when it comes down to the postseason, and I'm sure that's a a lazy narrative to play, and and I respect Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and everything they have going on there in Arizona. I mean, they're still chugging along uh, even with the injuries they face, but. Uh, once they hit the postseason, it's going to be a totally different ballgame. So uh, I-, I still got the Bucks and Packers sort of as my as my one 2 with the Rams, by the way, if they can turn it around. I still think the Rams are they got a deadly team in them if they can figure it out here down the home stretch and, and sort of peak at the right time.
1: Yeah, I think the point you're making there, Evan, is pretty fair. We've never seen Cliff Kingsbury coach in the postseason. We've never seen Kyler Murray play in the postseason. We're speaking with Evan Klosky, WTSP sports director down there in Tampa, Florida, talking about things Bills, Bucks. So let's turn our attention to tomorrow afternoon's game. The Bills are three-and-a-half-point underdogs, total 53-and-a-half. And And I want to start with this total because where are the stops coming from in this game here? Both offenses pretty potent. The defenses, I feel like the offenses match up with what the defenses don't do well. Where do you think the stops are coming from, and would you like the over, even though it's totaled at 53-and-a-half?
5: Yeah, so so me – you know me, I'm the contrarian, right? So like, I, I don't know, I don't know where the under is going to come from, but I just feel like because the over makes sense, that it's going to be an under. Uh, you know, I, I do believe that this is going to be one of those grind them out sort of games. Um, I believe that a for the Buccaneers, uh, even, even with Trey White out for the Bills, they're not going to have the same sort of success throwing the ball as we're used to seeing throughout the season, that's made him one of the most prolific passing offenses in the league. So I do believe that the Buccaneers are not going to be able to go with their bread and butter completely throughout this game. And Leonard Fournette has been amazing. Uh, We got Comet Leonard this weekend, by the way, in the sky, and we got four Tutty Lenny on the ground. So, uh, (laughs) you know, watch out for Leonard Fournette. But um, even with that, I do believe when you take the bucks a little bit out of their game plan, it might result in a couple of three and outs or, or maybe just a couple of drives stalling where usually they, they don't. And, and that's where I think the stops are going to come by. I think it's what's going to happen is you're going to see a couple of first downs, and then teams are going to be forced to punt, and you're going to be playing this field position game throughout the contest where it's a bend-don't-break mentality. So um, even though it seems like on paper this should be an over, I tend to have this game around. If I do the math off the top of my head for the prediction that I'm going to have, uh, around like 45, 46 points. I, I believe it's going to hover somewhere in the low 20s. I, I just I feel like this is a big game for both teams, and you're going to see a playoff type atmosphere, which means you're going to get both teams' best shots, great game plans, which should decrease the scoring a little bit. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, I agree with Evan in terms of I think both teams are going to play their A game. Buffalo really needs this football game. Evan, I want to talk to you about something that I think has been undervalued and underrated with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, which is the offensive line, particularly Tristan Wirfs, in terms of what he's been able to do. First round pick out of Iowa in 2020. You know, we talk about the defensive front for obviously Tom Brady, the, the skill positions on the offense. But to me, this is what really has allowed this team to have the run that they've had for the last year and a half—the protection that Brady gets. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if the wind goes from five miles an hour to seven, Brady's going down.
5: <laughs> I mean, you're 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 saying exactly what you should because not only works. But you have Ali Mark Peck, who, by the way, has been playing as one of the best guards in the league. Ryan Jensen, who was on the injury report all week. He is looking like he's going to play, which is big. If he wasn't, I was going to be very concerned about that. You, you know, quarterback, you never want a new center up there. Uh, but Ryan Jensen is phenomenal. Donovan Smith. I mean, that entire offensive line, the continuity, that's what you want up front in the trenches. And the Bucks certainly have that. So not only do you have a tremendous offensive line, but then you have a quarterback who – just has a sixth sense about him and when we talked with Ali Marpet uh earlier this week he said it is crazy what Tom Brady's intuition is he's like sure we do a great job walking up front but it's also Brady who knows exactly when to get rid of the ball he he knows when he's feeling pressure just the internal clock in his head is phenomenal so it's it's a little bit of both it's a little bit of just a fantastic offensive line they truly are one of the best in the National Football League and and for the last two years you know they really haven't been injured that much and then on top of that you have the greatest quarterback of all time whose internal clock and intuition is at a next level who avoids sacks when protection does break down just because he's so intelligent in the pocket.
1: Yeah, Brady is 32 and 3 against the Buffalo Bills in his career. Evan, we've got about 20 seconds left. Real quick, a prediction. I need a score from you in this game. What do you think happens tomorrow afternoon? 24-21 Bills.
5: Uh, I think as you Bill the Bills are desperate. I'm going I'm going Bills money line and then the Bucks, they got a big matchup coming up next weekend on Sunday Night Football. They will clinch the division next week against the Saints inside Ray J.
2: Yeah, Evan Klosky, originally from Orchard Park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's a Northeast guy, though. He I is a Northeast Olympia's guy. in town, all right? I don't need any trouble. <laughs> he is Evan Klosky, the sports director at WTSP in Tampa, Florida. Evan, appreciate you joining us once again. We'll talk soon as the Bucks. I'm sure, will be playing some big games in January, Absolutely. possibly February as well. (laughs) How about that? Thank you. Bill's Moneyline, plus 150 at BetMGM. I I do like that, though, from one
2: perspective. Buffalo needs this game more than Tampa. I mean, when you look at this team, if they had won that game
1: against New England, I think the dynamics would be a little bit different. Huge game here. Very big game here, and we'll discuss other games in the NFL on the other side. Betting Across America rolling along here on VCV Sports Betting Network.
0: This is Betting Across America
5: on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. Right now, new customers have a chance to win $200 in free bets when they place a $10 wager on Dustin Poirier to win his fight on Saturday night. That's tonight, folks. Just use bonus code VSYN200 when you make your first bet. Get ready to start turning knockouts into payouts. Plus, you'll get access to BetMGM's live betting options, daily promotions, and much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSYN200 to win $200 in free bets if Poirier wins. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire 7 days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. It is Betting Across America coming to you presented by BetMGM We're at the Visa Studios at the South Point and hotel and Casino Family of Bebefe. Amal Shah. That fight there. UFC 269 happening later tonight down the street at the T Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas. Poirier, the favorite. So maybe take a look at that Bet MGM promo are you, there.
2: Are, you seem like you're pretty fired up about it. It's, I, it's a good fight. It's a good card. It, it's a I've good missed card, the yeah. first 268. So you know, I'm sure two sixty-nine will be just as good. You
1: missed out on a lot of good action here, Amal. You missed out on, I, I picked it up more so during the height of the pandemic because UFC was one of the first sports to come back uh, when we had nothing to watch about 18 months ago and caught on as a UFC fan so I'll be watching that game later on tonight and maybe getting minimal sleep as I do point spread Sunday tomorrow morning at 5 to 7 Pacific time make sure to watch that for our NFL betters speaking of NFL tomorrow Sunday night football Bears and the Packers one of the most heated rivalries out there in the NFC North the Packers 12 and a half point favorites with a total of 43 a all. in this boy the bears <laughs> every week with this team, it's a quarterback situations injuries. Now they are at their healthiest. Do you think that this bears team can at least make this somewhat of a game tomorrow night at Lambeau field?
2: Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I, I wouldn't touch this game unless you have an overwhelming opinion on one side or the other. I don't either way. Um, I'm not a fan of laying this type of number in a division opponent game, yeah. a division matchup. Uh, so for me, I wouldn't touch this game. Remember revenge game here, the bears, uh, Lost to the Packers 24-14 back in October. Seems like so long ago. We're approaching almost two months now when this game was played. But no interest in this game. Won't bet it and uh, probably barely watch it.
1: The, the Green Bay Packers are 10-2 and two against the spread, 9-3 and three overall this season here. They're obviously in contention for the number one seed. It is interesting, though, that Chicago's getting healthier this time of year. Akeem Hicks is supposed to play Mario Edwards excuse me, he's supposed to play Allen Robinson, their wide receiver, their number one guy on the outside. He's expected to play in this game. You know, Justin Fields will be playing as he has missed the last two games with broken ribs. Now he's back in the starting lineup for the Chicago Bears. But I agree with you. I would never bet the Packers in this game. Just way too many points to lay in a divisional game. And teams also coming off the bye. Look, rather sluggish. 10, 13, and 1 ATS for teams coming off the bye this season. So maybe they start a little slow in this game. And maybe it's a live betting situation for you, Amal, come tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I think something to consider, but I also think a lot of times it depends on the opponent situation scenario. You know, you're at home here if you're Green Bay, so a little bit more favorable, um, but we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Monday night football might challenge as the game of the week here. The Arizona Cardinals are hosting the Los Angeles Rams. The Cardinals, two and a half point favorites with a total of 51, 51 and a half I'm seeing as well at BetMGM. MGM. This is a really good game. and The Cardinals have a chance Mall, to slam the door shut on the NFC West. But if the Rams, they're hovering out there. They look good last week. Granted, they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you think they can pull off the upset, a small upset, but an upset nonetheless after what we saw the first time these two teams played out at SoFi Stadium?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be very interesting, but I think they've got a great opportunity to really solidify the division here. I think they're they going to put themselves in a position where, I mean, you win this game. Rams are going to have lost both the head-to-head matchups. What an opportunity if you're looking at it from an uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals perspective.
1: Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, I kind of the, one of those teams that – People are waiting to see the other shoe drop. It's almost like we don't actually fully buy in to this Cardinals team. They're 10-2, and 9-3 and three against the spread. I think they're one of the more legit Super Bowl contenders we have in the league here. Vance Joseph has done a heck of a job with that defensive coordinating staff. And they, they look good. They won two out of three games without Kyler Murray. Now they're healthy. Murray's back. Hopkins is back. We'll see if they can get it done on monday night football so that game is in two days i know a game that you have a play on i don't want you to reveal your play in this game but giants taking on the la chargers and covid is the uncertainty for the la chargers keenan allen he was on the reserve covid list mike williams is on the reserve covid list as is their cornerback chris harris jr what do you make of this game right now that line is moving in favor of the giants who Earlier this week were 10, 10.5 10 point favorites, or rather 10.5 point underdogs. Now they're 9.5 point dogs. So it's crossed through a key number of 10 there with a total of 43. And we do know that Mike Glennon will start. He's cleared concussion protocol in this game.
2: Yeah, the neck uh, getting the start here it makes a big difference <laughs> instead of Jake from State Farm. Hey, it, uh, it, it kind of does. Fromm, we've never seen him play. so... Well, Jake Fromm to me is not really an NFL quarterback. I don't even I think agree. he should be the starter of Georgia, but that's another story.
1: I wholeheartedly uh, agree.
2: Uh, when you look at, though, I, I think from a chart perspective, if you're going to have one position where you're going to lose somebody for a week, I think the wide receiver position is the best position to do it. it. Because the replacements, they don't have to be elite like Keenan Allen and, of course, Mike Williams. But just for one game, you just got to catch the football. You know, you've got a tremendous passer in Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler's played extremely well. He we did put the ball on the carpet a couple of times last week, but for the most part, has been very solid. So uh, I, to me, I can see where some of the people might be backing the Giants in this one.
1: Yeah, the Giants, I mean, Joe Judge is a road underdog, has been one of the best in the league over that time period. I believe his record is 9-4 and four ATS as a road dog. And here's another spot where they're expected to be blown out. They just kind of tend to play these games where they just – ugly up the game and stay close here. We'll see if they can do that tomorrow afternoon at SoFi Stadium. Now, one of the better games of the day is in Cincinnati between the 49ers and the Bengals. The Bengals right now, one and a half point underdogs, total 49. Joe Burrow, he's going to play. He has that pinky issue. We saw him grimacing on the sidelines last week in their loss to the LA Chargers. mall. where would you go? This game might set up for a great teaser leg with the Bengals up to seven and a half, maybe up to eight if it's at two at your book. but what do you make of this game between San Francisco and Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm missing something here that people keep betting the 49ers. I love the Bengals in this spot. I think they're at home. They bounce back coming off that loss. I know the 49ers had that tough game against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, but I think Burrow and company should be able to move the ball effectively. Femi, I don't know if you watched your Hawks last weekend against the Niners. They're not my Hawks. (laughs) Oh, I I just assume, you know, you're from the Pacific Northwest. I I told you, you I'm a Cowboys fan, man. Jesus Christ, another one here. (laughs) I I don't understand. Do we do we not
1: hire people that believe in winning? You should know this, man. I was born in Louisville, just outside of Dallas. You're a fighting farmer. That's the nickname of the Louisville High School there, (laughs) the
2: fighting farmers. Um but you know, I, i look at this matchup here with the 49ers. I don't believe they should be a road favorite here. I think the Bengals bounce back. I like Joe Burrow. He's far better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is an absolute bottom feeder in the league who gets paid like he's an elite quarterback. You know, I thought Kyle Shanahan told us everything we needed to know about his belief in his quarterback or lack thereof in the Super Bowl when they didn't try and move the ball with two timeouts at the end of the first half. Um, Bengals at home here for me. Uh, I know the San Francisco play competitively, but Cincinnati 7-5. They've been better at home. They had a bad game. They had a couple of turnovers. They fell behind against the Chargers. I-, I think they come out strong early in this game, and I like your point on the teaser here. You can get the Bengals plus nine.
1: Yeah, no, I think if you, if you teasing the Bengals up looks like a pretty solid teaser. Like my only. Uh, I guess pushback or my only I guess worry would be that maybe Burroughs injury is worse than they're letting on and then that he's just is not really capable of making downfield throws that would be a concern of mine teasing the Bengals. but outside of that on the surface it looks like it's a great teaser like getting them over a touchdown at home against the Niners interesting though got to keep an eye on the injury report when the inactives come out tomorrow 90 minutes prior to kickoff Debo Samuel he was limited in practice on Friday didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday so he's questionable in this game game. Also for the Cincinnati Bengals, Awuzie, their cornerback, probably their number one cornerback there for Cincinnati, also limited as well. Yesterday, questionable in this game. But if the Niners don't have Debo Samuel, I think you'll see more people agreeing with you, all, and that money pushing towards Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, I think Debo Samuel, when you look at him, as a top five, top ten playmaker in the NFL. What he brings on the outside for the 49ers is huge. Just an absolute difference maker. However, with that being said, and he's one of the few guys, Femi, for me, from a wide receiver standpoint that I would look at and say, hey, he in or out makes a huge difference for a team. There's not too many guys you'd point to and say, What a difference it's going to make for an offense, and I think he's one of those guys, though.
1: Yeah, he's their best receiver, best running back, all-in-one player. He really is, yeah, absolutely. Kyle Shanahan loves him in terms of what he does on offense. Real quick here in about 30 seconds, Denver and Detroit. Detroit is the illness team. They have illnesses. I think 30 guys that are questionable to play in tomorrow's game. Denver Broncos, 11-point favorites, or ten and a half, the consensus line right now, total of 42. Anything you'd do with this game in the Mile High City?
2: No, I normally would take the dog with the points, but I wouldn't touch it either way here.
1: Yeah, I think Detroit, also Detroit coming off a massive victory last week, their only victory of the season. So we will not have a winless team in the NFL. Could be a little bit of a hangover spot here for the Detroit Lions having to travel out west going into the Rocky Mountains. Elevation, a team with respiratory issues, illnesses, now having to play at elevation doesn't seem like it adds up to a good scenario for the Detroit Detroit Lions tomorrow afternoon. That one kicks off at 4.05 Eastern, 1.05 Pacific Time in Denver. On the other side, we're going to take a look at the NFL futures market, and I want to ask them all about the number one seed market over at BetMGM in particular. We'll discuss it. Betting Across America rolling along. our number one is down. Hour two on the other side. It is V-S&B Sports Betting Network.
4: Zumo
5: Play.